Just push in. We're too easily stepping out. We've got to push in, push in. Just grab everything God's got for you. There's a, there's a breakthrough here. I want to share that word to this morning. It's Damascus. If you don't know that word, it was Paul who was going to Damascus and on the way, the Lord revealed himself to him and he, before that he was blinded and after that he could see. He may not have been able to see with his eyes because he was blinded for a few days after that, but his spirit changed and he saw the Lord. Today is your Damascus moment. I um, googled Damascus because I wanted to understand a bit more about it and it says here, the phrase Road to Damascus is an English idiom that means an important point in a person's life where a great change of ideas or beliefs takes place, usually a reversal of some pre-existing ideas or beliefs. Road to Damascus refers to a sudden turning point in one's life. It's in reference to the conversion to Christianity of the Apostle Paul While literally on the road to Damascus from Jerusalem, prior to that moment he had been called Saul and was a Pharisee who persecuted followers of Jesus. I just feel the Lord is saying to me, the people here are having a Damascus moment, Lord. I just want you to meditate on that in Jesus' name. Sharon just talked about that Damascus experience for, for Paul. And we're going to take communion this morning. And communion is about that experience. It's about that stepping into God and God into us, abiding in him and him abiding in us. It's being one in Christ. Saul became Paul, a new creation in Christ. And that's who you are, a new creation in Christ. Jesus said, as you eat my flesh and drink my blood, that we're to remember him. He said in John 15, that as we abide in him and he abides in us. As we take communion, we're abiding in him. It's a part of our abiding our remaining, our staying, that we become one with Christ. As Paul said, it's no longer us that lives, but Christ who lives in us. Just let God release to you. Don't, don't, don't hold back. Just let him release. He wants to break things off your life. Too often we step into the heavenlies and we step back again. We step in and we step back. Step in and engage heaven. See heaven. See the throne of God. See the Father seated at the throne. Your Papa.
and come as a child. If you find yourself being pulled back and in and out, just let go of what's pulling you back. Just drop it. God gave you your mind, he gave your imagination so you could visualize and engage heaven. That's why it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. So that every part of you engages heaven. Step into that throne and worship him. Worship him. We're going to pass the, the bread around. Just as it comes around, just take that bread. And as you eat it, just take it as Jesus going inside you. Engage heaven. Stay in that place with him. He said to eat his flesh. When you eat that bread, you're eating his flesh. Philip had a, um, we were sharing with a couple of people a few weeks ago and um, we were praying and just had this vision of uh, wine bottles and about the wine, this big, you know, like Australians like the big things, you know, they have the big monuments <laughs> everywhere. You have the big pineapple and the big banana, big banana and what else? I even saw a big coffee cup. Oh, didn't you post that, Hannah? And, uh, but we, Philip was seeing these big wine bottles. Actually, there's more than one. And uh, and um, then the wine bottles, like they just the lids came off and it started to flow. All the wine started to flow, and um, with the wine came joy and freedom and release and heaven, and that it flowed down the street and uh, into all the houses. And and there was more than one place where the wine bottles was. Where it was at the Swains, and uh, it was at our place, and it was somewhere else. And uh, I was just reminded of that as, we, as we're about to take the cup this morning that this is the wine. This is Jesus and he is the wine. And, and his, you know, he says your cup overflows. And when we take the cup, he wants us to just partake of him and let that. It's like let his goodness flow into you. And that's why one of them is port because God kept on saying, I want you to know that you're taking me in. So because you can feel it, well, I can. It just it hits me. I get a buzz straight away. And that, that's what God wants us. That he wants us. And when we take of the wine and we take in the cup, that we, get a, we know that we've got them because it goes to every cell, every part, and your brain goes, woohoo! Yeah? Or is it just me? <laughs> just me. I'm a, little bit, I'm a little bit easy and intoxicated. But, um, but it's, it's like he wants us when we take the cup that it's like that wine bottle coming off. You know that champagne when you've shaken it up and it goes. He wants when we take the cup, take of him, that it does that with inside of us. Every time we take it. And he doesn't want it to just be a weekly thing. You can take, you can take the cup all the time, more than once a day even. Yeah? Well, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, that, but when we take it this morning, that just partake of the wine, the gospel, the good news of the gospel, that heals the sick, that opens blind eyes, that raises the dead, there is no lack in him.
There's no lack in him. There's healing in him. And, and take and say, God, I receive that. I believe I receive. I receive everything that the gospel has for me. It's the good news to the poor. It's the good news to the sick. It's the good news for those who have lack. It's the good news to brokenness. It puts things back together. It literally puts things back together in our lives. So as you take it, receive that. Say, I believe I receive everything I need with this cup because Jesus is in that. Believe by faith and receive. If you're sitting there going, I just feel not well today. I've got a snotty nose today. I've got bills to pay. That rhymes. Um, <laughs> it's like all the things that weigh us down and pull us out of heavenly places. You know, we go and we're close to God and then bang. We remember that what's on our fridge or, you know, the bill that came in the mail or we're not feeling great or we have an argument with somebody before we got here and it pulls us back out. And the answer is in Jesus. The answer is in Jesus. If you put him in the centre of everything, of your life, smack the middle of every cell of your being, he will sort it all out and he will heal up all the brokenness. He'll put back things together. He'll transform us. And it's in this, when we take the cup, he is in the cup. His blood ran over and down and touched every living soul. He says that every sin is broken by the blood of Jesus. So let's take and just receive. Believe that you receive everything you need today from him. Because it says in the word we're complete in him. That means your relationships are complete. Your finances are complete. Your body is made whole. Everything you need is in him. Let's, let's take it. This isn't just a little head of port. This is... This is Jesus. The port's good too, but yeah. Isaac's got the non-al for those who don't want the hit. <laughs> Let's thank him today. All right. I have a cool story to tell you all. I've been holding it in for a while. Most of you know this story, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay, a few. All right. So if anyone read mum's blog, um, you'd know that I've been working, not working, not getting paid. I'm um, doing my prac hours at Fiona Stanley Hospital, and I'm an exercise physiologist, almost, and so I'm in their cardiac rehab gym, and so there we get a lot of, like, high risk, like, you know, they've come out of hospital, they have, like, no hearts, no. <laughs> <laughs> not functioning heart, <laughs> they're just in bad shape, right? And so, like, my first week there, I was like, this is horrendous, I hate it, take me home, I don't want to do this degree anymore, I'm dropping out. Uh, second week in is a bit better. <laughs> um, I was like, God, like, what do you want me to do here? He's like, you know, you carry me. Just take the blessing in. You know, when you walk in, just think I'm carrying Jesus into this place. What am I going to do? Anyway, so um, I met this woman and she had had three failed heart transplants. So her body had rejected her heart three times. Um, she had an immune disorder that her body was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And they were like, we can't give you a new heart. Basically, we have to um, try and get your body functioning at the best capacity. Basically, you have five to ten years to live. She has like a four-year-old son. Um, she's like 40-something. I don't know. And so uh, she, I talked to her for about an hour at my session and I was like, man, this is full on. And I had her in my heart for like a couple of weeks. I was like, man, I just really feel like to pray for this woman and just hold her in my heart and hold her in a place where I'm like, oh, Jesus, come on, like just heal her or something. Anyway, um, she didn't come back to the gym uh, two weeks later and I was like, hey, like, where's, where is she? Like, what's that? What's going on? They were like, she's in hospital. She's not doing too well. 
Um, she's in ICU. Her heart's not functioning. I was like, oh, man, okay. So I'm like praying, praying, praying. Anyway, I didn't really know what was going on um, because they tell me things like that. Um, But I was driving home on a Thursday afternoon uh, from the city and I was just in my car like having a woo, you know, as I do, party. And um, I, Jesus was like, pray for this woman, boom, in my spirit. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I spent about half an hour praying for her. I went in the spirit and I went to see her in hospital in the spirit and um, she was by herself, unconscious, and I was like just sitting there praying for her. I was in the spirit, all these doctors came in, rushing in, in the spirit, I'm seeing this stuff, and they're all like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, running around, and I was like, whoa, what's going on, what's going on? I actually had to go like above that level, because I was like, I was like, oh, I can't concentrate, went above that level in the spirit to the throne, and was like, Lord, like, I just pray for this woman, like, petition for her kind of thing. Anyway, about half an hour, I was like, really pressing, like, full on, and I was like, okay, it's about, like, sorted, all right, cool. Went back down, all good. A week later, I come to the hospital and I was like, hey, just like wondering what's going on with this woman. They said that she was in hospital. She was um, almost dying pretty much. Like she was almost. And (laughs) it's actually called a sisterly. Um, And they were like, look, we need to just try and give her a heart. I know her body will reject it, but either this or she dies. Opened her up. Her hard body was not liking that heart. It was not liking. They were like, we didn't know what to do. Her body takes the heart. She has a new heart. She's coming back to the gym next week and she's got a new heart. She's going to have six months rehab and then she's back to normal. It's the power of governing and, you know, just taking authority and, and uh, holding people in your heart. And Oshara was weeping over her. She just really, God sent her in, you know. Don't underestimate where God sends you and what effect we can have. And it's the authority we have in God. And, you know, she'd, she'd rejected three hearts and they tried, tried another one and she took it. Yeah, so um, she's a dancer. So Oshara just connected. You know, God will send you to those people that you connect with and uh, his goodness reigns. It's goodness, and it's, it's pretty cool. And um, Shara was so excited; she came home on such a high. So, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I love Xbiz now. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to take up the offering. I think that's just you know God's good. Just just give because He's good, and you know that we're able to keep on doing what we're doing. That is good. If you give online, just uh, do that through the week. Be blessed as you do. That He meets every need. Slow down, mate. If you need a number, see Stuart over there. Give a wave, Stuart. Yep. He'll give you the account number. All right. For the rest of us, um, I want us to really grab governing. I really feel God's pressing on us to, to learn how to govern. I keep having conversations with people about learning how to govern. And, I mean, what Shara did was governing in that situation. She took authority in that situation and changed the natural circumstances around, all right? And that's what we're called to do. But a lot of people go, I don't know how to do that. I, you know, I don't, don't know how this whole works and, and, it's, and that's all right. Um, because, I mean, we have, 
we have a hub here as a church and we meet here as a church and we have today and we have Monday and, and Dale and I will sit over the meetings and we sit over our house and, and what goes on here. Stuart and Des are kicking into that on Wednesday nights. What was a small group there is switching across to becoming a hub in their house um, and so they're starting to govern where they are and learn how to take authority there and, and so on. So if you're you know, looking for a Wednesday night something to do, then rock up to Stuart and Des's and I'm sure they'll... Look out for you and they'll give you the address if you want to know. Um, But we need to learn to govern where we are. You need to learn to govern in your house, in your workplace, in a situation. Because if you can learn to govern where you are, then you can learn to govern wherever you go and wherever God takes you. And it starts to get real exciting from there. Because he can pick you up from where you are and take you anywhere in the universe, I was going to say the world, but anywhere in the universe, and have you governed from there. But it starts with knowing how to take authority and to govern where you are. All right? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against what's in front of you. If you've got struggles and challenges in your life, it's not about the struggle and the challenges in front of you. It's about the demonic influence that's behind that. And there's a time coming, and we've talked about this a couple of times, where the pressure is going to increase. I think, I can't remember who it was, described it. It's like, um, it's like heaven is pushing in closer to earth. And if you want to know where the enemy resides, it's in that place between heaven and earth. Because what he seeks to do is to is to block heaven on earth, which is what Jesus came to do, yeah? He came to bring his kingdom here on earth. Is this making sense? Yeah? He came to bring his kingdom here on earth, and our job is to usher in the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're here to do. But I think too often we are looking at things from an earthly perspective. We have to learn to see things from heaven's perspective. Because like we talked a couple of weeks ago, if you have the high ground, you have the battle. That's why whenever there's a battle, they go for the high ground. Right? Does that make sense? We okay so far? All right. So I want us to actually have a bit of a practical session and to learn how to govern over your home. Because if you can start by governing over your home, then you can start to govern over your street. And if you can govern over your street, then you can govern over your suburb. And if you're governing over your suburb and the person next to you is governing over their suburb and the person next to them is governing over their suburb, we suddenly end up with a linked governance over this city and we take back what is God's and he's given to us. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. So I'm going to give you some practical steps in how to do that. Because I know we've talked the theory for a while. I want us to think of some practical stuff. Because you've got to remember a couple of things first off. You don't do it from earth. This is the, this is the low ground. What you see in the natural, what you feel in the physical is the lowest sensory place you can be. All right? 
And unfortunately, we've bought into the devil's lie that what we see and think and feel and touch is, is reality. It's not reality. It's an outworking of a higher reality, and that is Jesus. And some of you are going, I struggle with that. Let me ask you one question. When was Jesus crucified? When does Revelation tell us that Jesus was crucified? Anyone know? Before the foundation of the world. It says the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So before the world was even created, Jesus was crucified for your sins. Is that messing with your head? All right, because it was done. I can't even think of the word to do it. But the, yeah, All right. And Jesus came in the natural to act out what had already been done in the spiritual. That was just an outworking of what had already happened. So this is how people like Abraham and David could engage heaven. Because Jesus had already been crucified. All right? So what happens in the, in the spiritual realm, in the heavenlies, influences and controls what happens here on earth and is an outworking. That's why he says that battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So if you can learn to overcome everything your natural mind tells you, this is how it works and discover how to step into the heavenlies and to govern over where you are, from there it'll start to step further and step further and step further, and you'll start stepping into mind-blowing stuff. You know, things like Philip when he met the eunuch in Acts, and he starts to run alongside a chariot. Now, running alongside a chariot is like, it, chariots aren't slow. All right? And it was the Ethiopian eunuch, he was the ambassador for the queen of Ethiopia. So he would have had guards. So he was able to overcome the guards of this guy, run alongside a chariot that wouldn't have been going slow, and have a conversation. (laughs) Think about that. I challenge you to run as fast as you can run and try and talk over a prolonged period of time. So we need to think through these things. We just sort of gloss over them, we read them. But when you read what God was doing through people, they were defying what was natural. Because God had a purpose. He wanted the gospel to go to Ethiopia. So Philip runs alongside this guy, has this conversation. The guy stops the chariot. He takes him, baptizes the guy, and he goes back to Ethiopia. And Ethiopia has a revival. If you go through church history. Because this guy goes back who has the ear of the queen of Ethiopia. So he has influence. And he brings the gospel back to that region. What happens to Philip after that? Does he have to walk all the way back? No. God picks him up and he's just translated to somewhere else. I was actually in here yesterday and um, I was going to vacuum the floor and there were two flies buzzing around this house. Now, I hate flies. Me and flies just have this... I don't even love hate relationship. I just hate flies. All right, they're one of those things that flies are like demons in my my thinking. You know, they come to spoil the party. It's true. 
good Australian thing, that one, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, this, this flies, I thought, you beauty. So I picked up the fly spray. Every time I picked up the fly spray, the flies would disappear. And I, after about 10 minutes, seriously, of this process of going, me putting the fly spray, going back to what I was doing, the fly reappearing, picking up the fly spray, fly disappearing. After about 10 minutes, I'm going, this is ridiculous. And God said, that's how I want you to be. I want you to be like the fly. He says, because a time is coming where persecution is coming upon his church and his people. And he says, you need to have the ability that they will think, oh, they're over there and they will come looking for you and you'll be able to disappear. (laughs) On your Tracy. There's always one. <laughs> but that's, that's how God wants us to operate, that we can step into. I mean, this is what they said. It was Elijah or Elisha, I can't remember which one it was, that um, he came and he gave a message to go to the king and they said, we're not going to take the message to the king because we'll tell the king where you are. He'll come looking for you and you're going to disappear. See, it's not new stuff. They would surround him and Elijah would just disappear. And that's how God wants us to operate, that we are operating in the spiritual realm more than we're operating in the natural, and the natural will simply follow what happens in the spirit. Does that make sense? And we need to be able to do that. There's a guy, and his name totally lose me right now, but he does that regularly through China. He would be in China in some of the secret meetings that were happening through China, and um, they would come and there'd be a raid maybe on, the, on this house church, and he would just disappear and head off to wherever he was going to next. And it just does it all the time, just jumping from place to place. Now your mind may sit there and go, oh, that can't happen to me. Yes, it can. Because God is not a respecter of persons. It's actually in his plan for you to operate like this. It's how he's made you to be. Because you see, when you became a Christian, your old physical self died, right? It's no longer you that exists, but Jesus that exists in you, right? So if that's the case, can Jesus do it? He did it. They took him to the edge of a cliff and they were going to stone him. A massive crowd of people picking up rocks and suddenly Jesus disappears. It says he just walked back through the crowd. They couldn't see him, but he's just walking back through because he went into a higher reality. If you're a science fiction buff, you're going, yeah, I get this. Um, some of you I just really sense like you're going, yeah, yeah, governance and um, all this supernatural stuff and you're going, this is just not where I'm at. And I sense that you're just like, well, that's just for the Spiro ones, you know, and it's like I'm just – and, you know, when we learn to govern, that means to take authority over stuff that is happening in our street, in our house, in our own lives. That's what God wants us to do first. And you know know in your own home where there is stuff that just isn't right, where where strife comes in, where there's sickness coming in, where there's lack there, where there's just, you know, your extended family and there's craziness going on. And it's like that's what we're talking about. We've got to learn how to take authority and say, Go to he- go into heaven, take the word of God and say, God, this needs to be fixed. And your word says it and release heaven 
and release the angels to go to work in that situation where you've got sickness, where you've got bills you can't pay, where you've got relationship breakdowns, where you've got chaos on your street or the neighbours are annoying you or, you know, those sort of things. This is what we're talking about. Governance is taking authority and bringing the good news of the gospel into those things in our life. And it's got to start in the everyday. All right, it's got to start, you know, sitting here, that there's things that need to be sorted in your own life, in your own homes, in your own families, on your own street, you know, chaos and arguing and you know the house that's got strife in it, all those things. Our job is to, because those things are caused by the enemy. It's battle isn't against what you can see with your physical eyes. It's about the demons and the demonic that are hammering in at those things in our lives and in our neighbours and our friends and family. Have you got workplace and it's just like strife everywhere? God wants you to take authority and bring his blessing and his peace into those situations. It's like Shara shared, she's in the hospital and I said, Shara, you're there for a reason. Take what you have on your life and change the situation. Change the facts to line up with the truth of what God says is our right to change. And so when Philip's talking about governance, he's talking about change those things that don't line up with the Word of God in your life, in your street, in your family, and in your neighbourhood. Because there's stuff happening all around us and we just, we're not making any, any impact because we're not seeing that we can actually have authority over those things. So every one of us, this relates to all of us. It's just not like the ones where you're a leader, so you do it. It's all of us have the responsibility to govern and take authority over our own homes. And you're a new creation. All things are possible. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. I'll just finish with a little story. My mum, when she was about a 20-year-old nurse, she, um, she, came, she came in contact with a demon-possessed man. He was, he was crazy. She was, she was just starting her nursing training. And he came running at her. He was stark naked and he'd stripped all his clothes off and he got her in a corner. All she could remember her pastor ever saying at that moment was, if you ever get in a fix, just say the name of Jesus. And she's like, well, I'm in a fix. He's got me cornered. What the heck am I going to do? I don't think she'd ever even seen a makeup man before. And she was like, he was coming at her. And she just went, Jesus, he hit the floor. He just went crumpled in a heap and hit the floor. You see, it's we've got to know who, who is within us and the, ba- and the backing we have. We've got backing. You've got backup. Yeah, you've got power within you and you've got the whole host of heaven. As soon as you speak and take authority, heaven is there. The angels are there. They're twiddling their thumbs half the time waiting for us to step up and use the authority that we have. Yeah? So this relates to all of us. So I want us to not switch off but to listen because you know the things in your life and your own home and street and family that need to shift to line up with the blessing and what God says is ours. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Yeah, you were there. That's cool. What's the Bible say? When another gets a word, another one just sits down, yeah? All right. So if you don't think you're Spiro enough, let me help you be Spiro enough, all right? Apparently, because you have to be Spiro. It's really easy. Okay, if you have sin in your life, close your eyes, confess it to Jesus right now. And make a decision not to do that anymore. Don't drag it out. Just say, I'm sorry, God, for this. 
I choose not to sin anymore. I choose to live for you. We complicate sin. It's actually easy to deal with. All right, have you done that? Cool. What does the Bible say about it? If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteous. You are now righteous and spiro. All right, that was easy, wasn't it? All right, that's all you got to do. When you mess up, confess your sin, turn from it, make a decision to walk with Jesus, and you're done. And by the way, he wasn't writing that to unsaved. He was writing that to the church. All right? So there you go. You've done it. You're spiro enough to do anything God's asking you to do. Now let me teach you how to do it. All right. I want you to learn how to govern over your house. And this is a revelation they gave me because I, I struggle. I'm not a big picture image type person. All right. You know, I can talk. I know that and so on. Um, but when it comes to the artistic talents, they're not my strong point. Well, they haven't been up to his point. All right. The only thing I ever succeeded in drawing when I was at school was a dead tree. I was very proud of it, so I keep drawing it. It's the only thing I ever learned, all right? Put leaves on, I'm done. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, so, like, imagination and art was never my strong point, all right? I can have dreams, I can have visions as to what God has for me, but when it comes to actually thinking things through, that's not my strong point. And some of you are the same. You're going, you know, I don't see things, I don't see heaven, I don't see, you know, Dale will go walking through heaven and she'll say, see this, see this, and I'm not seeing it. All right? It took me a while to learn how to see. So I'm going to teach you, for those of you who struggle particularly, how to see in the Spirit. All right? I'm going to start you on the journey. I'm going to start you with your own home. For those of you who find this easier, that's cool. Walk with us. We're going to teach you how to govern. All right? I'm teaching you how to see and I'm teaching you how to govern. The first thing I want you to do, and I know you've probably all done this, is on Google Maps, have you ever looked at your house from above? Yeah, has everyone done that? Yeah? If you haven't done that, pull out your phone and do it right now. All right? It's important that you can see your house from above because we don't govern from here on earth, we govern from heaven. So you need to have an image of what your place looks like from above. So if you haven't done it, pull out your phone, I don't mind. We'll take a minute, have a look, and I'll keep talking while you're looking for it. So you know, because I want you to govern over your house. Right? If you don't have a house, you can do ours if you like. And come and join us in governing over here. That's cool. But make sure you know what your house looks like. Because these, see, sometimes we try and complicate what God's doing. It's actually really simple. Yeah, Google Maps. And then just put on satellite view. So the map will come up. All right, on mine, mine's an Android phone. In the top left-hand corner, there's, a little, there's four little lines. Click on those lines, scroll down till you see satellite, and tap on satellite, and then just put in your address. And it will show your house from above, and you can zoom in a bit. For those of you listening, listening on the internet, you know, type it in. Sorry? Jessie's looking at her house hasn't been put on the map yet. So she's looking at her block. Can you see your block, Jessie? That's all right, as long as you see your block. New house, bit of a challenge. Are we there? Are we okay? So it's a really important thing that you can see it. Yep. Cool. So we're, anyone, anyone not there? Because I want you to have that before we move on. We're all there? 
Alright, I want you to look at that until it's in your memory. Get a view of your house above until you can see it when you close your eyes. And then zoom out a little bit and look at your street. And just see the houses around you until it's in your head. And so when you close your eyes tonight, in three days' time, when you close your eyes, you can see your house from above, you can see your street from above. See, God gave us Google Maps to help us govern. All right, have we got that? Because I need you to close your eyes to the next bit so you'll be able to see that in your mind. All right, when you've got that, just close your eyes. See yourself as though you are hovering in heaven over your house. And then reach out your hands so you're reaching out over your house. Just physically reach out your hands because you need to see yourself as though your body is there as well, not just your spirit, but as though your body is there over your house. Reach out your hand over your block and bless your house. Just bless it. Speak blessing over it. I bless the house. If you've been having strife, bless it with peace. Take authority over it. This is my house in the name of Jesus. It is the house of God. There is peace on our house. There is love in our house. There is joy in our house. There is unity in our house. Wealth and riches are in our house. That's a Bible verse, by the way. Bless your house. Can you see that? Can you see that? All right, you are operating from the heavenlies over your house. That's what we mean when we say to govern. It's where you stand over something, not in something, over something. Shara talked about when they did the operation, she had to go up above what was going on. You have to go above the chaos. You have to go above the strife, above the disunity. Because Satan's tactic is to bring disunity, to separate. That's what he does. So you have to go above that so that you're governing over it and taking authority. And then you bless. You don't speak the strife. You don't speak the trouble. You speak the opposite. You take authority. You cast out strife in Jesus' name. You cast out disunity in Jesus' name. You cast out sickness in Jesus' name. You cast out poverty in Jesus' name. And you bless in the name of Jesus. All right, now I want you to just pull back. Keep your eyes closed. Just pull back a little bit further and see the houses around you. See your street. For us, we're in a cul-de-sac, so I can see the whole cul-de-sac. But like looked a minute ago where you pulled back, See your street, your cul-de-sac, or whatever it is, the houses around you. Because the other tactic Satan has is you can have blessing and protection over your house, but he causes strife around you to try and distract you. So you take authority over your street. 
take authority over the places around you. You rule and reign in your area. If you are in that street, you have the authority in that street. If you are in that suburb, you have the authority in that suburb. And we've sat back and let Satan take control for too long. So see the houses around you and bless them. Bless them that they will know Jesus. Bless them that they will prosper. Bless them that they will be in health. Bless them that wealth and riches will be in their house. Bless them that they will have peace. Bless them that they will have joy. Bless them that you will all be in unity together. Just reach out your hand over your street. Same thing, from above. Govern it. If God really picks out a particular house in your street that you think, you know, you know those people maybe, or they just put them on your heart, then, you know, maybe zoom in a little closer to that house and just really bless that house. Speak it over. Speak it over. You've got to speak it out. Your words are powerful. Bless them. That's it. Just bless them. If you've got a particular neighbour you've got strife with, bless them. Bless them. don't know what to say and you feel you need to keep going, just pray in tongues over it. Pray in tongues over your house. Pray in tongues over your street. Use the heavenly language God's given you to impart. Start to come out from where you are and just come back into the room. Okay. That's governing. That's the basics of being able to govern. All right? That you be able to see things from God's perspective. We have to get used to stepping into the heavenlies. And for me, that was the easiest way I could find was Google Maps. I just got a picture. I knew what a house looked like from above. And I went, you know what? I can pray over my house. And that's where I started. And then I started praying over my street. Now I can actually go into the heavenlies over our city and pray over our city. So as God takes me to a particular point and I can go there and it's like I'm going there with Google Maps and zooming into an area in my head. And God will take you to places and to situations you'll be able to go and you'll be able to see that situation in the spirit and being able to minister into that situation and to bring change. We've got an election coming up. We need to take authority over this state with this election coming up. There's a lot of issues on the table. And we need to take authority. This state is not run by the state government. It's not run by the federal government. This state is run by us. Because we've been put here to govern. It's our responsibility. And so we need to start authority, start taking authority over this state. And some of you are going, that's too much. That's okay. Start where you're at. Start with your house. 
you start governing over your house, you're going to see change. You might see strife rise up because the devil will fight back. Don't be afraid. Don't worry about it. You have authority. Don't get sucked back down into an earthly battle. Step up into the heavenlies and let God release. Use the authority that you have in him because your battle is not here on earth. It's in the heavenlies. All right, and as you start to govern over your house and then start to govern over your street, God is going to start calling you to govern into different situations. All right? Because that's how he works. He's training you. He's teaching you, all of us, how to do this. So start with your house every day. Govern over it. And then let God grow you from there. And pretty soon you'll be governing in all different parts of the universe. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I've been just doing this a bit, and um, it's weird for me because Dale will know I'm a very rational person, you know. So I like to be able to think about anything. But anyway, I've just been, yeah, just going um, into the spirit and asking God to take me places and to show me things and like before my trip to Tasmania he took me to Tasmania and I'm going to Italy in September because he took me there but I just want to share this little story it has very practical implications going up into the spirit so I was at um, Fremantle one day concert there was like 15,000 people in Esplanade parks people everywhere like it was packed and me and my friends were sitting behind a group of about five families and they all had little kids like kind of from about three and downwards and they were running around and playing and they were really entertaining so we sort of got to you know see who was who And then all of a sudden, um, some of them had wandered off into the crowd and a mother came back and she was frantic because they'd lost their little two-and-a-half-year-old girl. She just wandered off. And as you can imagine, like, the horror of that when there's just so many people everywhere and um, and we, because we were right behind them, we were like, oh, which one is it? Oh, it's that little girl, the little blonde girl. She's in the tutu. And I was like, what do I do to like help? I was like looking around and trying to look around the crowd. And then all of a sudden it's just like the spirit was like, go up. And so I was like, cause I couldn't see anything. And so I was just where I was sitting. All of a sudden I looked at the park above and I said, Holy Spirit, you know where she is. So show me where she is. And um, showed me that she was over near the bathrooms. And and then I said, okay. And I was like, I didn't know, do I run over there or what? Like, um, But I was like, Holy Spirit and angels, draw her here. Um, just draw her here. Draw her to me because I was like, I have the power of Christ and I'm able to operate in the spiritual realm. So draw her here. And then about five seconds later, this little girl just came wandering out through the crowd. She's completely by herself and I saw her off to the side just coming from that area. And then this other guy ran up and she's like, yeah, I saw her over at the bathrooms. And then she started wandering through the crowd. I thought she looked lost. So I was, I was trying to come and um, tell you. And then the mother came back and yeah, everything was okay. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh. I think I just found a little girl in the spirit. Uh, (laughs) 
saya. And that's what we're supposed to be. Yeah? See, we're here to actually change this city. We're here to change this state, to change this nation. That's our job. It's not the government's job. They've been trying and they've failed, right? It's our job. But it starts, if you're thinking, oh, I can't do what Amy did, that's cool, but you can govern over your house because you just did it. You start there and from there God will then bring you a little bit further. He'll bring you a little bit further and a little bit further until eventually you'll be running alongside chariots and, you know, flying through the air and everyone else. All right? I'm sure Philip didn't start his life, you know, running alongside chariots. You know? Sorry? You run alongside cars. It doesn't matter what it is. Trains, yeah, you can do it all. All right? It's just, this is, this is the start of a journey. And if you think, I'm not good enough, I know my own failings, you know what? God knows you better than you know yourself. And he cares about you. And he cares you so much, he sent Jesus to die for you so that you could be forgiven of all your sin and so you could die to yourself. So all your old stuff is dead. God doesn't care about it because it doesn't exist anymore. What exists is you as a new creation in Christ. And the church has got to stop beating itself up and saying we're not good enough and stop trying to look like the world. Yeah, And it's time we started being who he has made us to be. He says we're royal priests. A royal priest governs. A royal priest has authority. It says that we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. You were made to govern. So I want to encourage you this week, just every day, in the morning get up and sit over your house just for a few minutes. If you have to pull out, pull out Google Maps and have a look again if you need to and just see yourself over your house and bless your house. Then start to bless your street and just step through that every day And as you start to do that, you'll start to engage heaven more and more and God will start taking you further and further. Are we okay with that? All right. You don't have to run the nation. You just need to run your house. Yeah, sure. This is just for those people who think they're not ready yet. (laughs) This is really, seems quite um, non-important. But when, for those people especially who've got kids, and you're trying to get out the door because you're running late and you can't find something and it's something that they really, really, really want and they won't leave the house until you've got it. Um, clothes, yeah. Um, I've taught Ashton that um, we have authority over our house and angels are with us to help us all the time. And um, <laughs> when, whenever we lose something, it gets quite chaotic. I don't know if people know, like... It's stressful and um, God wants peace in your house and um, Ashton can get quite emotional about things when they're lost because he holds such, um, what's the right word for that? Um, He holds them, yeah, because he's lost a lot in his life and he holds them really close to him and I've taught him that just stop and take a breath and and ask God where it is and... um, you forget things because it's just everyday life, but he did it himself the other day. And um, 
we got in the car and he said he has a little ring that he takes to school with him in his pocket to help him feel safe and he holds on to it and it reminds him that God's with him and um, he lost it one morning, actually the night before and he was a bit anxious about it and we got in the car and he said, guess what? And I said, what? He said, I just prayed that God would show me exactly where the ring was and he showed me it was in the car and guess what? I've come here and it's sitting right here on my car seat um, and he said, God really does care about the little stuff. And I said, yeah, he does. And it's something as little as that. Like, don't feel like, if you're not feeling like you're ready for um, finding lost children and thousands of people, <laughs> your house needs to be peaceful first. And that was really important to Ashton. And, and it's the little stuff as well. And it starts there and then gets bigger and bigger. If a seven-year-old can do it, yeah, let's pray, hey? Father, we just thank you that you have put us together in unity, that we can govern together, Lord, over this place. Lord, I pray that the revelation today of governance, Lord, will go deep into our hearts and produce a good fruit. that it will not be stolen, Lord, but it will produce a good fruit in each of our lives, that will discover the authority we have in you, that you are glorified through our lives, through our families, through our streets, through our nation, or throughout this universe. We want to bless you and honour you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.